So there was a four-year-old little boy that did not want to quit sucking his thumb. His mom tried everything. I mean, she was like, okay, look, if you don't suck your thumb, I'll give you extra candy. You don't have to have nap time. I'll get you an extra toy. I mean, she's doing everything she can to sweeten the deal. He just wants to keep sucking that thumb, right? And so then she finally, she shifts from the carrot to the stick. She's like, if you don't go suck on your thumb, you're going to be in trouble. You can't have your play date. So-and-so can't come over. You know, he's I was like, no, mommy, I like my suck my thumb. And so he just doesn't want to give it up. She puts lemon juice on his thumb. She's tried everything. Finally, she reverts and resorts to what most mothers eventually give in to. They don't want to admit, though. She lies to him. She basically says, if you keep sucking your thumb, your stomach will suddenly get huge and it'll explode on you. He's like, really? She's like, oh, yeah. You better stop sucking your thumb. <laughs> so that afternoon, they go to the park and they're walking around the park and he sees a pregnant woman, runs up and says, oh, I know what you've been doing. <laughs> Isn't amazing what we are willing to try <laughs> to change a bad habit, right? We're starting a brand new series today called Building Better Habits. I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited about this whole series, by the way, because all of us want to build better habits in our lives. We, we all really do. Now, let me just ask you, as I dive into this message, the message is called When Nothing Else Works to Change a Habit, right? When you tried everything, what do you do when nothing else works? That's what this message is all about. But before I dive into that, let me see if this describes anyone in here. I just wrote this up. Just let me know if this maybe describes someone you know. Check it out. Do you wake up tired from being on your phone or in front of your TV for too long the night before? When you wake up, what is the first thing you reach for? Your phone, right? So then are you running late from looking at your phone, right? Then you finally get to work or to school. You go straight to get a caffeinated drink to keep you going, right? So you got to get the coffee or the monster drink or whatever, right? And so then for lunch, you fill up on carbs and then you're tired in the afternoon. So you grab a sugary snack to wake you up, right? But guess what? That gives, picks you up about 20 minutes, now you're even more tired, right? So finally, you're so exhausted, you're a little distracted, you find yourself on YouTube or social media while you should be studying or working. Finally, it hits five o'clock, you go home. On the way home, you stop by your favorite fast food place to get dinner, right? Then you plop down in front of the TV, turn it on and sit and binge for the next four or five hours or longer in front of that or a screen or your phone screen. And then finally, you fall back asleep and then you repeat. Does that describe anybody you know? You're like, them. <laughs> right? And so, I mean, how many of us have just gotten into some bad habits? So how do you change these habits? I want to give you a couple of scripture. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, there are three areas you can see in your habits here right in this verse. The first is your daily routines, that it may all go well with you, your daily routines. Then also in your health and also your spiritual life. Those are three different areas that we should be looking at. How can we improve our habits and make them better? Now, before we go any further into that, I do want to stop and just tell you, because it's kind of cool. This doesn't go with the message, but hey, I'm going to throw it in. This week is 24 years that we have been a church. Can you believe that? 24 years. That's crazy. Now, obviously, we're not going all out this year. We're saving that for 25. Next year, we're going to go insane. They'll be crazy. It'll be wild. All right, we're going to have a great time. But I just want to tell you guys, it's amazing what God can do if you just stay faithful. And so, and I'm not just talking about our staff. I'm talking about you. Your faithfulness over the years makes all the difference in the world. So just thank you for being faithful to the church for so long. How many of you guys have been here longer than five years? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have been longer? All campus right now have been longer than 10 years. Raise your hand. Oh, quite a few people. Anyone's been here 15 years? Okay. Anyone's been here 20 years? 
A few hands, a couple hands. Yeah, all right, all right. Good job, thank you. It's amazing, isn't it? I've been here 24. It's crazy, you know? I just, I don't say that. It's not a brag moment. It's a, it's a, it's a let's give glory to God, right? But I want to tell you something. One of the most powerful things I've learned over the years is just staying power. Just staying with something for, for a long time. You know, I've been doing this for 20, 24 years. We, we moved here, my wife and I, and our six-week-old baby, Mason, at the time. We moved down here with a U-Haul. We didn't know a single person in the city. And God simply blessed us and did an amazing work. You know, the average pastor stays at church for five years and then moves on. Um, also, the average person in any job, by the way, stays for less than five years now. Did you know that? Guys, I want to tell you, if you look at people who are succeeding in anything they're doing, they stay somewhere a long time. So I just want to challenge you. God is a faithful God. If you'll just be faithful, it didn't even get good around here until about year five. I'm just telling you right now, you, you oftentimes are quitting right before it gets good in your career, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your friendship, in whatever it is you're doing. Don't quit. Don't give up. And give glory to God that he is a good God. And so praise God. So let me tell you something that may shock you right off the bat. You ready? Here we go. I'm just going to tell you something. It's going to hurt. Are you ready? Successful people and unsuccessful successful. Say that word slowly. <laughs> successful and unsuccessful people both have the same goals. Just ask anyone. You're like, do you want to be financially independent? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Do you want to be in good shape? Sure, yeah. Do you want to be close to God? Yeah. Do you want a strong marriage? Absolutely. Do you want great kids? Yeah, absolutely. We all have the same goals. So why is it some people reach their goals and some people don't? What's the difference between those two groups? Because we all have the same goals. If you ask an unsuccessful person, you ask someone who's broke, do you want to be financially free? And they're like, yeah. You ask someone who's doing well financially, you want to be financially free? Yep. So, I mean, it's the same goals. So if just setting goals made you reach them, then we'd all be, you know, skinny, rich, and happy, right? But that's not what does it. And so instead, something else must make the difference. And so please write this down. This may be one of the most powerful things I say. There's three or four things I'm going to say today that I'm going to repeat over the month. And they're going to be kind of keys to everything. In fact, by the way, before I say this, let me just tell you, I'm getting what I'm talking to you about from three books today. The first is the Bible, and everything has to be biblical or we don't say it. But there's two other books that from, from the business world that have discovered principles that have been in the Bible all along. And those books are really good. One of them is called Atomic Habits. Uh, it's by James Clear. He's brilliant. His book, Atomic Habits, was the number one Amazon bestseller book in America this last year. I should tell you how many people know they need good habits, right? The second book is a little older, but it's also a classic called The Power of, of Habits by Charles Duhigg. I highly recommend both either listening or, or reading these books. They're really, really powerful. So, okay, but out of, the, out of one of those books came this phrase. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Did you catch that? Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Do you occasionally eat a salad? People that are healthy, eat one every day. Do you occasionally go for a walk or exercise? People that are healthy, do it every day. Do you occasionally save money? People that are wealthy, save every day, every paycheck, right? Do you occasionally talk to God? People that are close to God, talk to God every day. Does that make sense? And so it, it, you have to take a habit that you have to take a highlight and make it your habit. Something you do all the time. And there's a guy in the Bible that did this. His name is Daniel. Daniel was a young man. He had great habits. 
Look at Daniel chapter 6. He was in trouble. Uh, he was being persecuted. People were coming after him on the job. Maybe you're there. Maybe you feel like the world's kind of collapsing around you. Well, maybe you can relate to Daniel. But look what Daniel does. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. He does the same thing he did every day, even when he was in trouble, even when people weren't out to get him. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. So he did the same thing every day. He prayed three times a day. This is just what he did. Sean Covey uh, wrote this one time. He said, our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. It's really true. So what we repeatedly do really is who we are. Now, some of you are like, okay, I know. I know all that, Pastor. It's a new year. I want to set some New Year's resolutions. I'm going to set some new goals. I'm going to stick to them. I need to say something. I'm really sorry to break this to you, but... 92% of us will not stick to our New Year's resolutions. 92%. That's a, that's a really sad stat. One, a guy once said, I love when, the, when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did that year too. Drop the ball, right? <laughs> so rather than doing that, let's do something different to get a different result. Now, the Apostle Paul can totally relate to you and me. And he had some good habits too. It says in Scripture that he went to the temple every day and preached the gospel. That's why he was so powerful. He didn't preach once. He preached all the time. When young preachers say, how do I get good? Well, first of all, I say, well, you're assuming something. I'm, I still want to get better. I don't think I'm that good yet. I'm still working on it. But I can tell you one thing. The best way to get good is to preach a lot. Do as often as you can. In fact, anything you want to do, you got to do often. Does it make sense? So I just want to encourage you that. But let me tell you this. Paul was always preaching the word. He was always in temple. He was always in street corners preaching God's word. And guess what? He became very powerful by doing that, right? But Paul can also relate to all of us that there are some things that he didn't want to do anymore. There were some bad habits he didn't know how to kick. In fact, look at the scripture. It says in Romans chapter 7, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Can anybody relate to that? I keep trying to do the right thing, and then I do the wrong thing. Right? I keep trying to stop this habit. keep trying to start a good habit. Right? I don't know why I keep falling back. Right? He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I've got some good news for you. We have the answers to change your life. Isn't that good to know that? Praise God. Now, the first thing I noticed in Scripture is that he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. He has connected himself to his bad habits. And this is really important. You may want to write this down. Quit connecting your failure to your identity. Quit connecting your failure to your identity. And so eventually we just believe the wrong things about ourselves. Now next week, by the way, in this series, we're, we're talking about making a positive change permanent. Okay? So don't miss next week. But here's the truth. We could talk about setting new goals, doing something different. We talk about it all day long. But I want to tell you something. I need to break something to you. It won't work. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what you mean. It's just, it's just not going to work. Because the only way I've ever seen someone successfully really change their life is that they do one thing and it's going to seem crazy. It's going to seem drastic. It's going to seem out there. But if you'll do it, it works. And here's what it is. When nothing else is working, it's time to reset. It's time for a total reset. So maybe it's food for you. 
Maybe you're like, man, I just cannot give up the Mexican food. I get it. I'm totally addicted myself. Maybe for you, it's uh, uh, caffeine. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe you're like, oh, man, I can't give up the sweets, right? And we got Valentine's coming. That means they got all those Valentine's candy out. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about right now? <laughs> Hallelujah, right? And so <laughs> you like the candy. You like the carbs. Maybe it's, maybe it's drinking. Maybe something that could be even more harmful to you, you know? Maybe for you, you're having a hard time giving up social media. You just find yourself on it all the time. Some of you uh, maybe are finding yourself stuck on Netflix nonstop, binging not just a show or two, seasons of shows. You're like, what am I doing watching a season in a week? That's crazy. It took them two years to make that, and I'm done in 10 days. <laughs> like, obviously, there's a problem here. And so I just want to encourage you, we, we do become addicted to things. It's a really big deal. So what do we have to do? We have to reset. Now, Daniel teaches us what reset looks like. Before I go any further, let me give you a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes. This is from James Clear. You may want to write this one down. This promise this is worth it. Here it is. You ready? You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of of your systems. Daniel had a prayer system. Three times a day, he'd go in his room, open the window to face Jerusalem, and begin to pray to God. Three times a day. That was the system. Now you may say, I don't like that. Well, what's your prayer system? I don't have one. Then I like his better. Does that make sense? He had a system. It may not be a perfect system, but he had a system. And so he had the system. Some of you say, I I'm not a systems person. I can't, I can't do systems. Actually, I would disagree with you. You already have a system. You do. You're already on a diet. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, like, you want to have this body? It just takes a lot of Mexican food and pizza. You can have it too. <laughs> so I have a system I'm trying to change. Anybody else? <laughs> so we already have a system. You know how I know you have a system? Because you go to the same restaurant and you order the same food. And, yeah, every day, right? And, and you, I bet your system is, you're so systematic. I bet you're sitting in the same seat. You normally sit in the same hour at the same church every week. And some of you are mad because the visitor came and sat in your seat. You're like, Dean, you need to know that's my seat. Gonna get a nameplate, put it on the seat. That's my chair. In Jesus' name, of course. We are systematic, are we not? Like, think about it. You do the same thing every week. I bet 10 o'clock at night, where are you at? You can already picture where you're at. I'm already in, I'm in my chair. I'm in, I'm on the couch. I'm I'm in bed. I got a phone in front of me. I got a laptop. You already have a system. We already have systems. The question is, is your system working for you? How are your grades? That will tell me if your system's working for you with school. How are your finances? That will tell me how your system is working with finance. You say, I don't have a system. Yeah, you do. Your system right now is to spend everything you've got. And then when you don't have enough at the end of the month, put a little something on the credit card. That may be your system. That will break in no time. Make sense? So, but we all do have a system of some sort. And so, by the way, think about this. When you see someone you haven't seen in a while and they've lost a ton of weight, what do you say? You go, man, you look great. And then the next thing you say is, what are you doing? Right? What you really are saying is, what system out of the 350,000 diets there are in the world did you choose? Because you're doing something to give you that result. That means we intuitively know we do have systems. Because we look at someone who is super wealthy and we go, what did you do? What was your system to get wealthy? You look at someone who's in incredible shape. What are you doing? What did you do to get in great shape? You see someone who their marriage is falling apart. They were always yelling at each other, having problems. Now all of a sudden they're lovey-dovey, super close. Whoa, whoa, what'd you do? Right? 
to turn that around. And so we do know there are systems. The question is, do you have systems that are working for you or are your systems broken? You're still doing them, but they're broken. So I just want to challenge you with this as we unpack this. Now, Daniel chapter 1, verse 12 through 16 teaches us about a diet, but it also teaches us about a system. This is called the Daniel diet. If you've never heard of this, you can Google it. There's, there's websites and books dedicated. There's whole societies on this. People are super into this. I mean, you, there are people, you wouldn't even believe how pe much people get into the Daniel diet. But I like the simplicity of it. I'd like to do it at least once or twice a year. It's very powerful. I'm currently on day five of my Daniel diet. So I wanted to show you, I did it on purpose so I could show you that I'm not tired, I feel fine. And I'm preaching four times in a row on only food, on only vegetables, uh, fruit, and water. And I, I feel fine. So I just, I wanted to do that. That was on purpose. I started on Wednesday. I wanted to start with you, but I thought, no, I want to show you I'm fine. And so you'll be fine too. So some of you right now, you're like, oh my gosh, he's about to ask me to do this. No, I'm going to let the Lord ask you. So you're mad at him and not me. But really, this is a great thing to do. And even if you don't need to diet, the 2% of you who don't, congratulations. But even if you don't need that, I just want to ask you to apply this, this, the principles to whatever area you need a reset. Does that make sense? So if you've ever done a Daniel diet, who's done a Daniel Raise your hand if you've ever done a Daniel diet. Anyone who's done one? Okay, quite a few people. Yeah, yeah. So it's a reset. It really is. It just, it resets your entire relationship with food. In the same way, you may need to reset your entire relationship with your phone. You may need to reset your entire relationship with Netflix. You may need to reset your entire relationship with your relationship. I mean, some of you are dating someone and you keep saying you're going to honor God, but you guys keep going further and further. And you're like, I'm sorry, God, I'm so sorry, God. I said, I'm sorry. Saying sorry is not going to fix that. Let me just save you some time. You probably need to break up. What is that? That's a hard reset that we started this whole thing physically or it became physical really fast. And now it's all it's about. You can't tell whether you really, this is the right person. You're so blinded by hormones. You can't tell now. You got to reset. You got to back it up and reset. If you don't, you won't really know what you got. So I don't know where you're at, but I just want to encourage you. It's time for a reset in some area of your life. Daniel chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. Here's what's going on. Daniel has been essentially taken from his home with some other young men in Israel because another nation came, took them over, and took these young men out. So let's take the best of Israel, and let's train them in our ways, train them in our values, train them in how we do things. And that's what happened to him. He wanted to retain his values in this new messed up world that he had to live in. Does that sound like any place you know? Where we're trying to retain our values in the middle of a jacked up world, right? That's the world we live in today, right? So how do you do that? Well, Daniel gives us some good insight. First of all, you pray three times a day, it'll really help you stay in contact with God. But here's another thing he did. He prayed and he also did this specific fast. Check it out. Daniel chapter one says this, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who were eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided by others. So it said that they, they were provided food by the king. And let me ask you something. Just because the kings of this world serve you something up doesn't mean you got to eat it. Amen. Did you catch that? And I'm just talking about food now. So be careful that just because the world's serving it up doesn't mean you got to listen to it or watch it. And so because that'll mess you up. The world's jacked up. 
And so if you, if you don't, I remember, you know, for years, I remember all these movies. I remember watching movies and it was in high school. And I was like, yeah, I can't watch that one, can't watch that one. I was like, and half of the movies were made by a guy named Harvey Weinstein and his company. And I thought, man, why is he making all these movies that always have a sex scene? I can't watch it. Now we know. Now we know, don't we? So it's not healthy, normal people that have sex scenes in movies. It's jacked up predators that do that stuff. So let's admit that we've followed people that are jacked up. So I just want to warn you, just because they're serving it up doesn't mean you need to eat it. Doesn't mean you need to accept it. By the way, did you know that they've done a study and found out that all the CEOs of all these top Silicon Valley companies, all the social media companies, all their kids go to the same little private school in Silicon Valley. And guess what they do at that private school that no other school does in America? No technology, none. You can't bring a phone in, no computers at all. It's all paper and pencil only. Huh. It's almost like those guys selling you products know what those products do to their own kids. Isn't that interesting? So I'm cool getting rich poisoning your kids, but I don't want to poison my kids. It's unbelievable, guys. I think we're going to look back at phones, the smartphones that we think are smart, which actually I think are stupid phones. <laughs> we're going to look back, and the phones of today are going to be like the cigarettes of the, cigarettes of the 70s. Wow. We're going to be thinking, what were we doing putting that in a 10-year-old's hand? I'm just telling you the truth right now. Not to mention putting a phone in a 40-year-old's hand. I just want to warn you. I mean, if you, ever, if you don't think there's an addiction there, take a phone away from a 13-year-old girl for a week and watch them cry their eyes out. There is addiction, guys, straight up. So I just want to warn you right now. We could all use a reset in some area. Maybe you need to fast from your phone. Maybe you need to fast from the computer completely. You're like, I just keep going to the wrong sites. And you just need to get off your phone or get off your computer or both for a while. Oh, I can't do it. I couldn't make it. Well, generations of us made it for a long time without that. So I'm pretty sure you can make it because plenty of people have. There's also some great apps there that can block stuff and limit your time on phone. There's lots of stuff like that. Have you ever heard of Freedom App? It's great. You said it blocks every app you want blocked for an hour at a time, two hours at a time, however long you want. It's great. Covenant Eyes is a great app. I love that app. I use it. It records every place you go on the web and sends an email to your spouse. Oh, that'll shut some stuff down, won't it? It's a great little feature, isn't it? You can have your spouse be your accountability partner. You can have your best friend. You can have your pastor. You could have your youth minister. I mean, woo, that'll change things real fast. So I'm just telling you, there's some things you can do to control technology. So don't, you control your technology. Don't let your technology control you. It's a big deal. So how do you break this down? How, what do we do? How do we reset? I'm going to give you five quick ways and I'm out. Here it is. Number one, commit to a set period of time to disconnect from wrong habits, urges, or addictions. You got to completely break it off. You need to break up with your phone. You need to break up with carbs. You got to break up with caffeine, whatever it is for you, okay? Commit to a set period of time. He said this, please test this for 10 days. Then he said, on a diet of vegetables and water. So replace your bad inputs with healthy inputs. So it wasn't that he wasn't going to eat. He just ate only what God made and man did manipulate. And so he's like, if God made it, I'm going to eat it. He also, for a period of time, didn't eat meat. Now, Daniel, we, we have all the reason to believe that he did eat meat at some time because there were festivals, Jewish festivals, and so he was a really good Jewish devout guy. So I'm sure he did. So it's not that we're saying all meat's wrong. No, by no means is that true. And also breads. I mean, they had unleavened bread, leavened bread. So I don't think it's wrong, but there were seasons when he realized that he needs to just purify his body. So that's what he did. So we need to replace our bad inputs with healthy inputs. 
Now, the reason I want to point this out is number three. Make inputs your goal, not outputs. We keep saying something like this. Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, the problem with that is if you lose 10 pounds, and by the week or two after that, you gain it all back. So rather than focusing on the pounds, focusing on how about the next 10 days you only eat healthy stuff. Then, in other words, forget the scale. Focus on what you're putting in your mouth rather than what's, what the scale says about it. Does that make sense? So I encourage you that really will change your goals. He goes on to say, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. So make input your goals, not outputs. And by the way, in 10 days, you can reassess. But you know what we keep doing? We go, oh, I'm going to lose five pounds in five days, you know, or whatever. Or 10 pounds in two days, something like that. So then it doesn't work. We're four days in. Oh, forget it. Just order pizza. So what happens is, because we didn't stay on this, this arbitrary schedule we created in our minds of losing a pound a day, or, or maybe for you it's like, I'm going to give up social media for the next, you know, 30 days. And, and that's free deal. I know a lot of people do that. But, but they get four, you get four days in and you just go crazy and you jump on your social media. You just got to know people saying, you respond. And you're like, I want to do, you know what? Put your phone back down. Just keep going. Don't, don't stop just because you didn't do perfect. It's okay. Don't, don't quit. But that's what we do. We just, we give up too easily. So I encourage you to focus on your inputs, not your, your outputs. You're going to get it wrong sometimes. It's okay. Daniel 1 verse 14 says, The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested him for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So number four, once you change your habits, you're guaranteed to hit your goal. It's just a matter of time. So quit worrying about the time horizon. It's like, it's like the guy who says, oh, I want to save a million dollars by the time I retire. Okay, well, that, it helps if you start when you're younger to do that. Okay, if you're 60 and you're retiring at 65, it's going to be pretty hard to hit. If you're 25 and you're retiring at 65, then you've got time. But don't blow that time. Start saving now. Okay, but let me just say this. This is important. Let's say you get to 65 and you only saved 880,000 because there was a couple of rough years in the market. Guys, it's $880,000. Like, okay, uh, sorry. It just means you're going to hit a million a few years later, but you still hit it. So this whole time horizon, instead of thinking, I'm going to save this much money, or I'm going to lose this much weight, instead think, I'm going to become a healthy person, or I'm going to become a saver, period. Does that make sense? And so this really changes everything for you. It's not really about what you're doing. And here's the crux of the message. If I could bring everything down to one point that will make it work this time, as opposed to a hundred times you tried before, here it is. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. What does that mean? He basically said, oh, okay, I get it, Daniel, you and your friends, you're vegetarians. So I'll just serve you vegetables. No problem. So what does that mean? They became known as people who eat good. And they also, in their mind, knew they, who they were. This is really important. Number five, if you miss everything I say, don't miss the next few minutes. Good habits stick because you go from do goals to who goals. We keep trying to do things rather than being the person. In other words, if you say, oh, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Well, that's great. But if you don't see yourself as a healthy person, you're going to get it all back. I'm going to say, $1,000 in my savings account. And then guess what happens? There's a sale on, oh, grab that 1000 bucks. Because you don't see yourself as a saver. So you did save, but you don't see yourself as a saver. It's got to be identity. When you say, well, I save, that's what I do. Instead of I spend, that's what I do. I eat healthy, that's who I am. Does that make sense? 
And so if someone says, hey, you want a cig? You want, you want a cigarette? And you say, oh, man, no, I can't. I'm trying to quit. By that line, I'm trying to quit. Am I a smoker or a non-smoker? I'm a smoker trying to quit. If I say, oh, thank you, I don't smoke. Oh, now you identify as what? A non-smoker. Did you catch the difference? I'm trying to quit means you won't. I'm not a smoker. Oh, okay. You hear the difference? So I, I, do I identify as a smoker or as a non-smoker will determine whether you continue that habit. So you came to church today. Congratulations. Glad you're here. But the way you'll keep coming to church instead of going, oh, we really should go to church. No, it's I go to church because I'm a Christian. That's what I do. It's who I am. Does that make sense? That's why I'm here. And so good habits stick because you go from do goals to who goals. It becomes your identity. I'm going to say a couple more statements. I want you to write these down. Here's one. Two more statements right down. This is it. Here's, here's one. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our distorted identity. We just think, oh, I'm just a loser. So, you know, what do losers do? They show up late for work, take long lunches, don't really care, don't put my heart into it. You know, that's just who I am. You know, I mean, our family, we're just all fat. That's just it. We just had the fat gene. There's no such thing as a fat gene. <laughs> There is no, I have to have two chins. It doesn't exist. And so, but we like to say that because we can hold on to the identity and say, well, it's just who I am. So, you know, hey, <laughs> pass the tamales, right? I mean, you know, whatever you're, can you tell my addiction? Can you notice what I'm addicted to? Okay, anyway, so. So you've got to change the way you think. So here's the, here's the biggest phrase I want you to write down. Right, right now, you ready? Here it is, I'm going to say it slowly. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits then unwise habits reinforce our unhealthy identity. Let me say it again. This is, a, this is what you call bad, a bad loop. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Then the unwise habits reinforce our unhealthy identity. Well, this is just the way I am. I'm not good with money. I might as well go shopping. See the problem? Then you get the bill on the credit card and at the end of the month, and you're like, wow, I'm bad with money. Then as soon as you get paid, well, I'm bad with money. Might as well go shopping. You see the loop, right? Well, I really tried that diet. It just didn't work. So pass me some Bluebell. So what are you doing? You're, you're, I identify as someone who just eats bad. That's who I am. I'm a foodie. Love that line. I'm just a foodie. I mean, we all need food to live. I mean, but being a foodie... It's probably not a good identity for you if you want to be in shape and live past 60. You know, I'm making light of something, but it's actually really serious. Do you want to see your grandkids? I mean, for real. You want to have a healthy marriage? Then you don't just do a date night with your wife. You're like, no, this is what we do because we are in love. And so because I'm not just married, I'm in love. I take my wife out. Hey, baby, get dressed up. We're going to go somewhere nice. What's the occasion? We're married. That's the occasion. <laughs> Make sense? And so I don't just pray when I'm in need. I pray because I love God. And he loves me. In fact, the more I stay in communication with him, the more he reminds me and tells me who I really am in Christ. It's about who you are, not what you do. That's the great news. You are not stuck with you. In fact, every day matters. Let me tell you what I mean by this. There's Good Bill. Good Bill eats right, gets up at a good hour, spends time with God, puts in the work, organizes things, 
goes for a walk, exercises, all those things, right? And Bad Bill wants to order pizza. And Bad Bill wants to just sit in front of the TV and veg. Instead of eating a veg, he wants to veg. <laughs> and Bad Bill is not drawn to pray. And Bad Bill is drawn to salacious websites, gossipy, political, you know, reading who's beefing with who rather than hearing from God. Bad Bill wants to waste time. Good Bill wants his time to count for the kingdom. Bad Bill wants to eat whatever he wants. Good Bill wants to fuel his body. So who wins in this candidate race that we have going on? Well, that depends on who has the most votes. And every time I do something right and do the right habits, I'm putting one vote in. And I want Good Bill to win. The same way, you know, what is, what's a reset? Well, that's the campaign trail. We're going all out for the next week. I'm going to stop, you know, Idaho, and we're going to Texas, and we're going to go to Dallas. And we're gonna, what, that's what they do, right? You, you know, in, in, in political times, it's like campaign trail. They go hit all the stops. I always know it's campaign season. No one has to tell me because all the people that are running for office in Corpus show up. I'm like, oh, hey, there's so-and-so. And so, you know, because that's what they do. I'm not making fun of it. What I always love to see are those who are, who are serving in office that are here regularly. We, we have quite a few that are. They're here all the time, which I love that. But my point is this, is that a campaign trail means you're hitting all the stops as fast as you can, trying to get as many votes as you can. What's a reset? Let's load up the votes in the front end so that we keep the habit going beyond that. So I want to challenge you to do a reset with me this week. A fast, a cold turkey, if you want to call it that. Where maybe there's something that's eating you alive and you know it. It's time to give it up. Maybe it's social media. Maybe your relationship with food, alcohol, pot. Oh, pot's not a drug. That's how I know you're addicted to it. If you're trying to argue that with me. That's how I know you're addicted. I just want to challenge you. What is it that God's saying? It's time to change your relationship with it. Give it up fully. Surrender it to the Lord. And watch God bless you. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed right now? If there's an area of your life that God is speaking to you about, he's saying it's time for a reset. Just like Daniel did, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's an area of your life that God's saying it's time to reset, would you just lift your hand high? Thank you. I'm not sure what it is for you. It's okay. It can be something totally different than anything I've mentioned. If you know there's an area, it's time to reset. Praise God. Give that to him. Thank you. You can put your hands down. How many of you today would say as a church that you would pray and fast with me for the next three days? Who would, who would agree to that? Would you lift your hand high? Just say, I'm going to do the next three days. If you've never fasted before, this is what I recommend. Just three days. Praise God. Or it's been a long time either way. Praise God. Thank you. A lot of hands going up across our churches. How many of you guys would fast for seven days? You can do it. I'm on day five. I feel fine. Praise God. A lot of hands up. How many of you guys like Daniel are going to go 10? Raise your hand if you're going to go 10. Number of hands are going up. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. How many of you guys would like to join me for 21? I'm going 21. Anyone? Praise God. Thank you. Number of hands. Thank you. I don't recommend you start with 21 days. Maybe do three, seven, or 10, but then you eventually can do 21 days. Praise God. What is God going to do in your life? What's God going to do now that you're resetting? Pastor, I'm not going to do it with all my time. Why don't you seek the Lord? That's the point, isn't it? Is to seek the Lord. Use the extra time that you're not on the social media to pray. Or here's a crazy thing, study. Here's a crazy thing, get to know your spouse more. Go hang out with your kids. Go for a walk. 
I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm laying in bed next to my spouse and we're looking at our phones, we're not at our phones anymore. Oh, I can think of something to do. Do you really need help with that? Let's get back to being in love. Let's get back to loving God, loving each other. Let's get back to family, relationships, purpose, destiny. Let's get back to those things. Father, I thank you for what you do in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in your church. Thank you, God, that we can reset this week. Lord, thank you, God, we're not going to put it off. Lord, thank you, God. I pray that everyone goes out and has a big piggy meal and enjoys everything. And then tomorrow morning, we start. I pray that you'd bless that, Lord. I pray that there'd be some praying and fasting going on this week, that you would just reinvigorate your body. Lord, thank you, God, that you want to do something new in and through us. So we choose to reset. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this with us out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, you can just lift your hand high right now. No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. There's lots of hands going up all across our churches right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you, Rodfield. Thank you, Stone Oak. We see those hands. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Padre Island. Thank you, Rockport. Thank you. We see those hands. Those of you are online, you can put it in text to chat right now. Say, my hand is raised. Just text that to us. Maybe you're at churchunlimited.com. Just click hand raised right now. Just let us know. Praise God for the decision you made to follow Christ. Lord, thank you for your word, God. Thank you, God, that Daniel was a man after your own heart. Lord, he showed it with the systems he put in place in his life. May we follow suit. May we start this reset. And may it not just be a habit, but our habit is to please and honor and glorify you, God. That's what we want to do with our lives. Thank you for your word today. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.